Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glennis. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're talking about episode 12 from season five called Smooth Operators, which originally aired on the 12th of February, 1989. This episode was written by Gerald K. Siegel, who has written six episodes of Murder, She Wrote, written two stories and one of the teleplays. We haven't watched any of his yet, uh, but he did write Hit, Run, Homicide, which is, I think, the one with the self-driving car. From we should one that we've- do that at some point. That's a great one. <laughs> well, why had we mentioned it before? Somebody was Johnson's in it. in it, I think. Oh my God, that's right. Okay, we should do that one, actually. We should- watch a couple more from season one. Um, Okay, so Smooth Operators, Jessica is in New York City. She's visiting her friend, Lieutenant Timothy Hanratty, played by Barney Martin. They find out that there's been a a death of, they keep referring to him as a wino, a a homeless drunk person. I'm sorry, these are probably all terrible terms. (laughs) On the street, Jessica and Timothy have a look for some reason and they realize that he is missing a shoe although it looks like it's a pretty straightforward case of someone who's just gotten drunk and had and i guess overdosed on alcohol through some hard police work by timothy they find out that the man's name is elliot winston and they meet his neighbor slash girlfriend grace fenton played by shirley knight who assures them that they're both recovering alcoholics but that she didn't think elliot would have fallen off the wagon. They do a bit more research and they find out that he was working at a hospital called Old York Hospital that I guess caters to the wealthy of New York. It's run by three doctors, Dr. David Latimer, played by Dirk Benedict, Dr. Craig Zachary, played by Nicholas Coster, and Dr. Robert Markle, played by Dennis Patrick. Also working there is um, a receptionist slash nurse, I guess, Stephanie Holtz, played by Lise Hillbolt, and another nurse, Leon Schnabel, played by Michael McGrady. So in looking into it further, Jessica goes undercover as a wealthy lady to try to figure out what their shenanigans are. And they think they might be doing uh, unnecessary procedures to make more money. And it turns out that Elliot had figured out what they were up to and had gone to Dr. Latimer uh, for support. And he murdered him, but made it look like he had gotten drunk and died um so yeah so i think that's it have i missed anything no no good good description there was a death (laughs) yeah right out the gate i mean we didn't even like see it happen he was already dead you don't normally open on the disposal of the body that was quite sort of unusual cold open the murder would have given it away from the beginning what do you mean because they had to stick, they stuck a, a tube down his throat. So you would have deduced that it, it was one of the doctors. Got it. Already. Yeah. Did you guys catch that they said the doctor Zachary wasn't even like the guy, <laughs> not even a real doctor. He was just pretending to be the real doctor Zachary. <laughs> they brushed over that so quickly. Like, did they, did the other doctors not know he was a real doctor? He must have been performing procedures, right? And then, like, I was thinking about this, and that the overall episode is really dark. It goes beyond insurance fraud. They're basically taking 
healthy organs out of people. And <laughs> I mean, that's pretty dark. But are they actually removing them? Because for her, they were just doing investigative surgery. So they weren't actually removing anything. They were just looking into it. But obviously she didn't need. That, like they didn't know if there were enough gallbladders in New York. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it, well, it's funny. This episode's a weird one because I sort of remembered that they were cosmetics, like that it was cosmetic, um, plastic surgery that they did. But obviously, it isn't. It's meant to be just like normal, like a private they practice. They did talk about going into plastic surgery as an option. But Doctor Markle didn't want another person involved in their scheme, and it's like. But then Dr. Zachary, who's they have no credentials and they have not met it, is A-OK. Like, that was such an unnecessary like route because he was so ancillary to everything else. And then they're like, you know what? We're gonna make him a fraud too. Well the when they were talking in the beginning okay, so just to say, by the way, this when we meet the doctors and the medical practice, this is like halfway into the episode. Like the first half is literally them just talking about quote unquote winos and like being quite mean about homeless people and then and then all of a sudden you're in the ritzy world of private practice, medicine and all the fancy people. But it opens with those three doctors sat around a table discussing how they're gonna um like i guess they've made investments and their first like 10 lines i literally had no idea what they were talking about i really i wrote down what business are they talking about is it investment is it real estate i was like i couldn't understand it and i guess they'd made a loss <laughs> so they, had to- they were about to come into like a large lump sum of money was that from the insurance claims like to get the money back I, but oh. like, and like, why was it all coming in in one? And why was he then depositing it in his into his personal bank account, and then <laughs> fleeing it with Doctor Zachary, and potentially not the other doctors, and then fleeing to the Bahamas? There were so many I questions. I think he was opening an account in the Caribbean. Like, I think there was. I felt like that was more of like a financial move. Beyond that. I don't know. I, I never they had, the guy was literally stood in front of a chalkboard that just said Piedmont on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> referring to that, and I was like, what? what's Piedmont got to do with anything? <laughs> I don't know. And from the looks of it, this was a large, regular sized hospital. And there's only three doctors <laughs> yeah. working there. <laughs> Maybe they'd rented out like that floor. So I honestly, I don't know. It was like, it was just funny because I was like, these, like, apart from Zachary, Dr. Zachary, the rest of them are working medical doctors. So how they can also know so much about insurance fraud slash real estate slash investment. I was like, I have no idea. Like what, but anyway, sorry. That's just like by the by. Dr. Zachary does like, like faking it like oh yeah like I'm going to surgery but like I'm not going to surgery and then like is he like doing like a swap around where he talks to the one doctor he's like oh yeah I'm going to surgery with that doctor and then the other doctor is like going to surgery with that doctor <laughs> running this like side like I would have liked to see more about his side con but I do think it's funny you're right (laughs) like I guess they threw that line in to be like this is the red herring like right you think the doctor that actually doesn't have a medical degree 
is the one that would want to get rid of the um, accountant. But it's like, you're right. They didn't really put a button on that because it was like, oh, so we're just going to let this guy keep practicing. I guess you're meant to think the whole operation is going to get... Oh, he does say to leave it to the Bunko squad. I'm assuming Bunko is cons. I I don't know. Also, there's a scene where Dr. Is it Markle? He is reading something off a piece of paper and he has to look so closely at it. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, oh, this guy is a surgeon and he can't he's got his head like all the way in someone's stomach like i can just not make it out well and then i also like to win uh wait how what does he say susanna i can just about make it out (laughs) (laughs) dr marco please (laughs) uh but when dr latimer calls dr markle and he's like oh because he sees the book of of um, jessica fletcher in the window and he was like he calls him he's like don't tread lightly you don't want to step on a rattlesnake but he's on the other line and not on speaker and he probably knows that he could have been like don't perform surgery on her because she's a fraud like, why did they need these, like, secret lingos? And how often have they had to use them? <laughs> how You mean how often have they been infiltrated by people pretending to be people that need yeah. surgery? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It, I've, I mean, I love Dirk Benedict. Love, 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 love. And so, and I just thought his delivery was really funny on everything. And, oh, I love him. Well, he's a funny one because he's, I really like Dirk Benedict too. I like, but he, he does have just this, he's a bit like the guy from Killer Radio where you're like, this guy by default seems unlikable. You know what I mean? He's just like super handsome, seems like an a-hole and you're like, you sort of don't trust him right away. So it's funny then to have him end up being the killer because that kind of feels a little bit like having Greg Henry be the killer. Cause you're like, of course it's this guy. Yeah, like, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. And I guess it seemed too obvious. But he said, he said he, un- he knew he would end up in a alley with a newspaper over his head. How did he know? For a blanket. I mean, yeah. Like, you were like, it's so obvious. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. That. I only under, I thought you were talking about the clue to the Caribbean. I was like, uh, I still don't know. I mean, that. Yeah. Him leaving is, was a clue. But then the guy from last week left, was leaving town, and he never was, he wasn't the killer. Yeah, he just left, though. That guy was gone. And Mickey Rooney 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're on 3.0 at this point. 3.0. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry, we've got many of them. Right behind Dick Van Patten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite Mickey Rooney? (laughs) (laughs) That should be the next poll. Yeah. (laughs) Mickey Rooney in a murder she wrote. Did we cover this? Have we assessed? Yeah, he's in a horse one. Okay, well, we need to watch that. And then Glennis can rate her Mickey Rooney's. <laughs> he comes in dead last. <laughs> uh, um, hey, okay, like, that looks a lot like Mickey Rooney. <laughs> Honestly, though, Glynis, because he has such a distinctive 
face and voice and everything. Like once you see him, you'll be like, I cannot believe. Like you, you wouldn't have to guess if it was Mickey Rooney. You would know. The guy last week actually surprisingly did look like Mickey. It didn't sound like Mickey Rooney though. That is no, that's true. Mickey Rooney's got that kind of like, is it like a raspy kind of like? I can't do it. I'm not going to even try. No, I don't want to embarrass myself. I had something like like bubbling in my throat, and I was like, "Mm, no, we're not going to do that here. I know. I love this episode a lot, but I did feel like there was a lot in the beginning where they're trying to get into the backstory of the victim, which I I understood why they had to do it, but I love any episode where Jessica goes undercover. (laughs) It doesn't actually weirdly happen that often. No. It's like, it's a shame because it really should happen in every episode. (laughs) And it's really rare to see her caught out in a lie. Yes. And in this one, she's caught out twice. Once when she's dressed as the lady and once when she's in the, like, file room when Leon finds her. Because she normally doesn't have to lie. She just sort of, like, uses her extensive vocabulary to kind of talk her way out of stuff. But it's like... She's like, ooh, you caught me. I'm writing a book. <laughs> I know. She, like, recovered really quickly. Yeah. But I also liked the, the beginning when she's talking to the lieutenant, and he's like, oh, like, come on, Jessica. Like, come with me to investigate this murder. And she's like, oh, no, I simply couldn't. And then he's like, please, Jessica. I was like, I haven't seen an episode where she's actually needed and convincing. But also, like... Is that allowed? Are you allowed to be a police officer and bring a civilian in? No. Although I guess kind of doing it on his own because his captain didn't believe it was a murder. Right. Right. He's sort of, okay, let's, okay. Let's take a couple steps back here. So the episode opens with the disposal of a body, which you're right. Whoever said this, like that feels dark and like a bunch of homeless people and there's scary music playing. And then <laughs> intro is on. <laughs> and then the intro is on Lieutenant Timothy Hanratty. And he's getting made fun of for by another police officer for taking medication at work. And the guy goes, oh, too much celebrating like last night. And he's like, oh, I wish. It's actually just like the hernia acting up or something like that. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> so we're being introduced to a New York police officer that is not only Irish, but he's like, looks to be well past retirement age with some real funky glasses and a Robin Hood hat getting made fun of for <laughs> drinking too much. I was like, this all feels like such a weird show. Although I love that hat. I loved it too. And yeah. he also loved it. The plume is a little strong for me. That feather. I mean, there's like a whole bird. Over the glasses? No, the, gla- the glasses look like, um, <laughs> and I feel like it's an episode from Seinfeld, which he also starred in. Yep. Where there is an inadvertent, picking of quote-unquote women's frame glasses (laughs) and so he's wearing those to read and I feel like this was a mistake like he grabbed someone else's glasses and he's just committed to it for the whole episode but there is also the feather in his cap 
<laughs> and he called it macaroni is what uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a quite a large plume of but something it looked like something you would use to to apply shaving foam, shaving cream <laughs> to your face. Sure. It was like round and thick. Do you know what I, yeah. yeah. Did, did not look like that? I thought it was a little narrower than that. Quite dominant. It was. And I loved, you know, I love his glasses. Like it's, I feel like I might forget some parts of Murder, She Wrote. I will never forget these glasses because mm. they literally, it's like he's so blind that he needs the lens to go from his eyebrow bone directly onto his cheekbone. Because if he even moves his eye a little bit to the side or up and down, he needs the lens right there. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, there's a little bit of a bifocal oh, element at oh. the base. And I was like, this poor man <laughs> has shown up to his guest starring role on this show, which is a recurring role, I might yep. add. And... They're like, we are going to need you to cover 90% of your face and head with this hat and these glasses. <laughs> and he's not Irish, correct? I have no idea. Is he Irish? He is 100% not. Yeah, I... Um... He played um, he played the cheese man, an Italian mobster in Golden Girls, and then he played Jerry Seinfeld's dad from Long Island, I think. That's all I know him from is that. But he's, is it, is it normal for an, an Irish man to be on the NYPD? I mean, is that? I think that's a shtick they're playing up. Yeah, that's, that's right. like a current maybe stereotype, but I think in the 80s that was like Irish cop was. Yeah, because early yeah, okay. Law and Order, um, the guy that plays Chris Noth's uh, original partner. I think is it was Irish too. And Chris Noth, I think, plays up an Irish element too with his plaid ties. Tart I will say they really play up the Irish thing here. Like, yeah. she, yes, they make fun of him for drinking too much. She, like, so it's not as much as in the other episode he's in where she is saying, like, I think she says something like you've got a bit of the Blarney stone or something like he's trying to like, like sell her a line a bit. And you're like, I is that good <laughs> to say. And then, when he's in Shirley Knight's or Grace's apartment, he lights up the pipe and then it's like, oh, do you mind? It's like, yeah, I mind. I don't want you to <laughs> And she's fine with it because she likes him, you know, but... I would have been. <laughs> like, Can yeah. I say something? I might have to edit it out. Oh, boy. No, she then decides she likes him. But it's like he is older. He obviously maybe likes a tipple based on what's been said. He smokes a pipe. I feel like she's not to have a partner to travel with. Maybe she's not back in the right horse there. Dude, I'm trying to say, oh. like, how many good years we got? <laughs> except, except, they were trying to. We're cutting it out. I'm sorry, that's mean. No, it's not. I don't think it's. Is he that much older than her? Thirteen years. Okay, but they were trying to make it seem like she's like 
sad and alone, which I, I didn't love either. Although she just, she just had two boyfriends in the matter of like, like her boyfriend gets murdered, right? Cause they were together, correct? Or were they just- They were together. And I love that she goes into the detail of their relationship where it's like, <laughs> they went to dinner three nights a week. And then <laughs> yeah. on Sunday they'd go for a walk in the park and every once in a while they'd go to the movies. And you're like, I guess that's, that's nice, but it makes, you're right. There's something where it's like, they don't drink. So, you know, oh. it's quite sad. Like right. it like, all feels a little like that. Do they need it to be? That's what it sounded like. She says they met at the, uh, she did say something, she just called it the organization, part of the same organization. But now, yeah. Susanna, you might want to edit this out then it's like if timothy is a big drinker and she doesn't drink at all that might not also work out that well but then but then the cop at work made fun of him for it but he he never struck me as like that like it's like literally just because he's irish that someone's like assuming that he Mm -hmm. drinks a lot so it felt a little bit weird but yeah she is aa branded can they not say that yeah i wrote that down I mean, you can say it now. I don't know if they were being protective of it. Because right. even the, the um, Timothy's boss says something, something Betty Ford Center. But they never explicitly say that they're alcoholics or that they're in recovery or that they're drinking. I don't know. They just refer to it as like having a, a problem. Like they yeah. have, we have the same problem. And they, he did, I mean, the coroner said, well, we'll get into the scene with the coroner. Oh, oh my God, I need like a solid chunk of time on the coroner. <laughs> all right, yeah, let's talk. So they go, they ask, the captain basically makes Timothy like do all this work in one day, although it sounds like Timothy was going to kind of do it anyways, but it's like, so they go to check in with the coroner because the coroner had written something like, it could be alcohol poisoning or it could be something else. And they go... Yeah, Glynis, why don't you describe to us what sort of scene this is? <laughs> I mean, I had just so many thoughts about this. So, okay, so they walk in and that he's got blood literally <laughs> all over his scrubs. Like, what kind of dead bodies is he examining? <laughs> like, oh, you're right. Murdering <laughs> them? Like, right, I, I mean, dead I don't bodies know don't bleed, about. right? Right, like, I, you know, and he's it's just like it's just everywhere. And then he's like he's like offering them jelly donuts while he's got fresh blood splattered oh. on his scrubs. And they're like, no thanks. And then he whips out a hard boiled egg from I I didn't even see where it was it from the fridge. I don't know. And then he's just dumping salt on it. I don't think I don't remember him wearing gloves. I was so taken aback by the blood <laughs> splattered. And I just wrote, I was like. I was like, what dead bodies is he operating on? Well, he also co- opens the egg with one of the, like, the like bone yeah. saws. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I think they were trying to go with that this is the comedic um, element of Yeah, I got that. But all, it was just- all cop shows like a wacky coroner. That's like a whole thing. It's like, it's a coroner, so he works with that body, so he's got to be crazy and he can be like you want some you want some you want some i think also jessica's reaction to all that when she's in the because normally jessica's not that like sensitive but she looked like she was gonna vom everywhere every time he was offering her food (laughs) she was just like no it's pretty gross (laughs) the food was also like uncovered 
on a table just sitting out there next to the bodies like all covered up but i have to say that scene with the hard-boiled egg is one that is burned into my brain i distinctly remember that whole thing and i thought who can eat at a time like this he can can't well, and also, well, you wouldn't take food from someone covered in blood. <laughs> he also has my, by far, my favorite line, just because it's so grim and, like, just everything about the scene, hands down my favorite scene, even though it's upsetting. Uh, he says, they gotta go, like, they're piling up, like, logs on a fire. And I was like, also, Susanna, you're totally right. I watch a lot of British murder mysteries, and they all love a wacky corner. I'm watching a show <laughs> called Vandervok that is kind of a darker show. It's British, and it has a wacky corner. And this came out <laughs> this year. I, don't... <laughs> I feel like even Vera has a wacky yeah. corner. Oh, I love that first corner. I thought he was. No, it's the guy that's also in. I can't remember. I never mind. The first and the third corner are like fun, like quirky. Cause the middle yeah. guy was like pretty normal. But I mean, it's just like, so we're still, we still love a wacky corner. <laughs> I feel like a part of being a wacky corner is they are always eating. They're like eating a sandwich over a dead body. Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, feel like that's like a big thing. Make light of the fact that they are like. Sorry, right, it's unrelated. I just looked at my notes. But, okay, so you know she got the one doctor to trick Dr. Markle to be like, oh, Christina Chesterton, I know her. Yeah. And she's like, I just got a complete physical four weeks ago. I was like, was that from Seth? <gasps> I didn't thought about that. Yeah, I wrote Seth would be so jealous that she's going to a rival doctor. But I think Seth gave her the complete physical, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. <laughs> Oh my God, Glynis. Megan. Mm-hmm. I'm glad this is an audio. This media. is the one that is making gross messages. You're winking. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's why she trusts him so much. She knows there's nothing wrong with her because she knows Seth would have said. And also, <laughs> couldn't that guy get in trouble for basically saying that, like, yeah. Geez. But he's a friend. So <laughs> I love that. She was like, He's a friend of my doctor who's a really good friend. <laughs> and Dr. Latimer's like, oh, right. Okay. Okay. That's sort of fraud. But we're also committing fraud. So we obviously right. won't say anything about it. And then you got that doctor is not really a doctor. There's just right. so much fraud. I did love her. Uh, well, both of her undercover outfits. And when she showed up at Me the too. desk and is just like, um, you know, like bossing everyone around. So good. Noodles the dog. Noodles. It was uh, Grace's dog. Oh, right, right. I think they borrowed noodles for they the purposes of the subterfuge. <laughs> I like that Grace refers to it as one of those hotsy totsy society hospitals for the rich and pampered. Yeah. So is that like a real thing? Okay. First of all, hotsy totsy. Don't they mean hoity toity? I feel like that's not right. Is that branded too? We can't use hotsy totsy. Don't like, yeah. Hoity toity. Yeah, I was like, it sort of like fell on my ear a bit funny. But it must be something where, but it's like they're committing such like obvious fraud. And then it's like, it's so. 
I mean, this is that's like seriously illegal and unethical. And I'm not sure it have like come in if they're just like going through all these gallbladder surgeries. <laughs> like, when like, I feel like would insurance companies not have flagged that this like don't aren't they meant to kind of not vet people but like I don't think they would want to pay out for all this stuff if they thought they were getting bilked by the same three doctors I honestly don't know how any of this works I don't either I kind of I kind of thought that I had this vision of them sort of putting someone under but not doing anything oh maybe yeah back up and being like we did exploratory surgery and couldn't find anything Okay, that makes more sense to me. Collecting gallbladders. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe Megan and I were under gallbladder fraud. Like, yeah, now like, we need our gallbladders out. I don't know anymore. <laughs> maybe it was just a side Wait, do knows? both of you have gall- your gallbladders removed? Yeah, yeah, from the same doctor. <laughs> no, yeah. Was it Dr. David Latimer? <laughs> I wish. No, I, I don't. I won't say the name. And we, we had it within like six months of each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's in the oh, water, no. San Francisco. <laughs> Maybe it just hit a little too close to home for us. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, Doctor Zachary performing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's so famous. weird. Well, no, I mean, we had symptoms. Like, there wasn't, like, <laughs> did we, did we make yeah. it, or did they get into our mind? <laughs> <laughs> was it done at Old York at the Hotsy Totsy place? It was. Hotsy Totsy. Anyone who was anyone was there yeah. with their furs. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we should briefly talk about Timothy and Jessica take New York <laughs> These two, I mean, yeah, Timothy's a police officer and I think you're meant to think kind of a good police officer, but everything they do, you're like, this feels like this isn't the right decision. Like, first of all, the, he goes to the cabin and says, I want to investigate. No, first of all, they rubberneck at a crime scene and just show up to something he's not investigating on the way back from brunch. And they just like rubbish all through it. And Jessica gets to do it too. And then he goes back because Jessica convinces him it's a murder. And he says to the captain, I want to investigate. And the captain says, days of guesswork shoot for- and shoot from the hip, they're gone. You know, you have to be practical about these things, sort of, is what he's saying. And Timothy's like, my hunch is all, (laughs) like, oh, no, oh, no. But I don't know if I agree with that. So they do that. And then the captain gets mad at him for having Jessica come visit him at work so much and says, save your social life for after hours. And she's like, I think that's uncalled for. And it's like, no, it's called for. You shouldn't be there. You don't work for the police. everything about it you're like wait a minute i think they're wrong and then they just decide to investigate you're like jessica shouldn't be investigating this stuff i mean you want her to of course but it's like it's not well masked in a guise of like oh she should be doing this it's like no no there's nothing there's no imperative 
to it. I think only when you meet Grace do you feel like they are a little more emotionally invested. But before that, you're just like, these two nosy old biddies <laughs> going around New York. <laughs> sort of getting involved. And I just, I didn't love that part of it. Sorry. I mean, it's quite a long they spiel. wanted to solve this murder. I did like the witness. <laughs> was concerned in the very beginning of the episode that Grady was going <laughs> to No, it was because they covered the guy and he had that sort of blonde bouffant and was wearing a suit. And I haven't seen Grady in anything but a suit. And I was joking. I said, is that Grady? I didn't think he was actually dead or in the episode because he would have been I like see. the second pan of that shot would have been his goofy face. Like, oh, Jessica. It was just like wishful thinking that Grady got murdered in this episode. <laughs> you know what's weird, Glenn, is... is- the first episode the random number generator spewed out was no accounting for murder. <laughs> and I nixed it because it was, <laughs> it's a great episode. And I was like, I this would actually kill me if we did one so close to like four that we've just done. I am waiting for the wedding episode. I know. That's a but special, think- that's a special occasion. I know. I well, know. the problem I- is to, We've already done like four out of Grady's 12 episodes or something. So it's. We have to savor them. We do. <laughs> They're precious. Glynis, just you wait till you meet Victoria, who is uh, Jessica's niece that's married to Flippin' Jeff Conway from Greece. I know you. They're so. Her, I, I don't mind hate them. <laughs> no, no, she's fine. I like Jeannie Francis, but. The two of them together, and he is so annoying. He's he like a annoying. wannabe actor, and she's like, I, I like a professional business lady, and it's like, oh, they're so infuriating. They're the they're the relatives I hate the least. So brace yourself. You're gonna you'll miss Grady. <laughs> oh, so yeah, you'll hate the most. Sorry, it'll make you hate okay. Grady less. No, I think Grady's infuriating. It's just it's so played up, like. Well, but I don't know. I'm just a simple guy. I'm like, I trust people. You're a licensed accountant. Like, get your bleep together. Like, you you got some smarts. I don't, I don't mind Victoria. I mean, Jeff Conway is annoying, whatever. But the niece that's the jockey I thought was real annoying. And then the one that's the soap actress, I remember not being crazy. Is that Christy McNichol? No, Chris, no. In the, that freaking rodeo episode that I <laughs> never want to watch. And Ashley's always trying to make me watch it. Yeah, but we can't see it because according to you, Megan, we have to watch all of them. We do. Oh, well, we do have to watch all of them. And I don't think we should put just the bad ones or the ones that Susanna thinks are bad to the end because our last episode. Yeah, but Susanna also thinks the rodeo one's bad. And I don't oh, think it's true. It'll be, the, is it Showdown in Saskatchewan? <laughs> I literally know it. No, <laughs> Showdown in Saskatchewan, isn't that the one with no, the... Um, that's the clown. That's the one. Is it? Is it that, that? Oh, yeah, right. Okay. He has to deal with a, a mount, Mountie. What is it? Okay, let's look at Christy. I feel like Showdown in Saskatchewan is written by the uh, Hensleys, the ones that did um, Dead Heat. Okay. I heard that. 
heard Sherman Hemsley and got really <laughs> Sherman Hemsley wrote it. the one with Kristen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just curating the random Curate. number generation. I, I get it. We're gonna be left with some real duds by the end. <laughs> There's so many good ones though. Sorry, Megan, I don't make Oh no, sorry. Answer. I just really like the glamour shot when Dirk Benedict like busts her and they like pan over to um her picture in the window of Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god. I didn't think there was gonna be a window peep, but I wrote that down. Except Let's not Megan. discuss it. Right, just, Megan, you ruined it. I'm a- editing this out. I've ever read any like Dean Koontz books. There's always like, there used to be in the paperbacks like a like a pretty big glamour shot of him. I don't know if any people with the like dark hair. Love glamour shot. With like a side part, if any. Anyhow, that's just what it reminded me of. No, keep going, keep going. About Dean Koontz? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be here all day. I love Dean Koontz. <laughs> okay, Glennis. Wait, Glennis, what did you want to say? Sorry. I wanted to talk about the homeless guy. I mean, there's no discredit to homeless people. This might need to be edited out. But, like, he, he was so on it with the facts. He's like, look, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. And, like, they were playing him up to be some, like, drunk. He was like, you know, I had, what did he say? I wrote it down. He's like, I had a pounding headache and multicolored pigeons are bashing around my brain. So they're playing him up to like, oh, he hit the sauce hard. And then he's like, yeah. And then I walked up to his body. I took his shoe. I did took his wallet. I took his watch. Like he was so like, I don't know. Maybe it's not the first time he's been hassled. So he has to kind of remember. He was just so like verbose and on it and like, like very like oh yeah that it'd be weird but I would have never done that and this is what I did and here we go (laughs) yeah maybe they were like we've sort of pooed all over all of these people this entire episode we need somebody that's gonna actually represent them in a positive way I mean god this talk about alcoholism and stuff you just like this is so grim (laughs) well the fact that he would have stuck the pipe in him to just like fill his stomach with whiskey was pretty grim that bit of it was just like that was really dark i mean there's a lot of i mean for when it's like a very sort of like boop, boop, boop episode sometimes like i what you said about the book megan i love when they address that she's a famous person that people know what she looks like you, you know what i mean like that is I think that's actually something that the show never, like they address it every once in a while, but it's like, yeah, of course she can't go undercover in New York City because people might actually, like she's like a world famous author. Like people might actually know. (laughs) I saw Dean in downtown New York and he was pretending to be someone else. I'd be like, "Mm, mm, mm." as long as he did this though, as long as he did his little. (laughs) Is he wearing a big pink? ring when he does this i gotta look up the picture it's i don't think he has his hand on his face but i could be wrong <laughs> you know which author i always remember what he looks like is rl stein because yeah. he also used to have pictures a lot in his books mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I can't think of a lot of authors i don't know what they but look I like also, like is it common for a bookstore to put 
like their face in the window don't they normally put the book Ooh, that's what I would say. <laughs> it looks like a whole display of corpses dancing at midnight true yeah. true it just seemed like that was like front and center where i would have thought that the title of the book the plot would have uh, progressed had he not seen it so it was necessary no i know i know i, I love know. The, i love that he was calling from a payphone too <laughs> <laughs> like, let me get my change. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I, um, it made me laugh the bit where they, like, she does sort of calm it down a little bit later, Shirley Knight does, but when they first tell her about what happened to the guy, and then Timothy opens the drawer, she's like, how did you get that drawer open? He's like, it was unlocked. She's like, it can't be unlocked. That's where he keeps his papers, his secret papers. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and he's like, well, what what are not a lot. Wait, what were the papers, though? Proof about the wrongdoing of the... I know, but like, are they like... They're his papers, that are his secretive papers. <laughs> are they like, uh, you know, I financial? I notes. <laughs> His like conspiracy theory with like red string and like tax. And... <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't know, but it really made me laugh when she freaked out about them. And I was like, she's like freaking out about like something she doesn't actually know what they are. Like they could literally just be like journal entries. Like, dear diary, tonight I <laughs> like his secret papers. I don't know. And then they were like, well, where did he work? And she was like. I mean, it could, I don't know. He just worked at some place called New York Hospital. I was like, you didn't think to tell them that like immediately that he had a job and like instead you're telling them about your like, although I did feel sorry for her that her boyfriend had died and Jessica felt bad for her, obviously. Found a new boyfriend within literally two days. Did it seem like maybe they were boyfriend, girlfriend, but like maybe not. I remember oh, watching this episode like before confused. and thinking they were just friends, but this time yeah. I felt yeah, yeah. It's it felt like friendship. Yeah, I feel like companionship, not necessarily. She loved him. Also, I was me. laughing when she goes to check the files in the basement and she has a flashlight, but there's also plenty of light down there. <laughs> I know <laughs> that bit is so funny. I hated her hairy sweater. I, I yeah, that was my. Oh, no, Ashley, you liked it. Well, I didn't like it. I didn't like it, and this isn't my worst outfit, so I'm not spoiling anything. But I didn't like it far away. But when I got up close, it actually looked kind of cute. What I didn't like was the blouse and the scarf paired with it. I thought it would look kind of cute. Mm. If it wasn't styled with like a pile of beige. <laughs> yeah, Al Lehman would have never stood for that. He he would have never. He's like, my beautiful Angela, I won't dress her that way. <laughs> Start it making... like a pretty nice like Angora sweater. I don't it's know. Soft. It yeah. just I there was we can talk about this under worst or favorite worst outfits, but I just thought there was too much brown in this episode. I agree. I don't uh, think yes. she read well on camera at all. There was one point where she, when she's calling out Dr. Latimer, she's wearing brown, he's wearing brown. I was just, it was too much. <laughs> <laughs> she almost did a, like, um, 
why are you lying to me, Barry? It wasn't that <laughs> dramatic, but it felt like she's like, is that why you're going to the Caribbean? Like she, don't you want to know where you slipped up, doctor? Oh yeah, that was good. That was a good line. You know what else was a good line? There was a titular line in this episode. She went, they're real smooth operators over there. I was like, whoa, you don't often have that. Because normally they're like puns and plays on words that like use the word murder. <laughs> so just, it's not really about murder. It's just sort of a expression. But I did like that. They operate on people unnecessarily. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's effed up. That's good. Um, I also love when she's ducking in frisbees everywhere in Central Park. Gotta keep out, keep a lookout. Rascals. Those boys. (laughs) Those rascals trying to whack me in the head with a frisbee. In her three-piece skirt suit. (laughs) She looked like the opening credits of, like, Full House or something. It looked like they should have been playing the sad Charlie Brown music when she was doing that. I was like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> oh my god! Also, we will go onto the list. I just want to say one more thing. The okay, so Hanratty and Grace decide they're going to be a couple and meet up with his nephew and his wife, and they're going to dump Jessica at the airport. Granted, in today's life, two hours before your flight is a normal time to take somebody to the airport but i'm assuming in the 80s you drop them off like five minutes before their flight departs and you just hop on the plane but it's like they're just gonna chuck her over there because they don't want to deal with i mean it's like i guess she's a third wheel i mean they're doing her a favor by driving to the airport so she's gonna go when they want her to go that's true. I, I think at that point was like a little sad at the beginning. They also focused on it for like I'd say like a solid ten seconds when uh, the lieutenant is talking about how he doesn't really see his nephews, and he's like, it's like very somber, and Jessica's sad, and then everyone's sad, and then boom, they round the corner, and there's a bunch of cops, and they're looking at the dead bodies in the homeless camp. I guess you maybe meant to th- was the wife alive in the other episode that he was in. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember either. Because I guess you meant to think he... Well, okay. Well, you know what? We'll get to it when we get to the list. I have a couple of thoughts on this. And I'd love to discuss them openly with you. (laughs) (laughs) This is a safe place. Um, Okay. Let's go through the list. Thunder weather. No. No. Secret doors closet hiding. No. Uh, poisoning or bludgeoning? Poisoning. I mean, al- he uh, with alcohol. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Phone wire cut? No. She shaking? No. Uh, okay, I had a question about that. <laughs> when he, what's what was the orderly's name or the Leon? Leon. When Leon grabbed her, it's a shine. I mean, it's not a shake. I mean, it's a, it's more aggressive than that. So I guess it's slightly shooketh. Yeah, I mean, but he wasn't. He grabbed her weirdly. He grabbed an intruder by covering their mouth. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was weird. It was interesting. He's handsy. 
He, he like, was handsy, and I knew it was him because I saw that hairy arm earlier. <laughs> and then when I saw it again, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Leon. You saw the hairs before you saw the arm. I was like, I recognize that blonde hair on that arm. Um, <laughs> window peep. Yeah, I feel really proud about this one, actually. David peeping at JB's book cover through the bookstore window. I know. That was, yes. Yes. That was good. good. It's it's not a classic one, but, you know, it's an original. Um, fake name or ID, we had the homeless, quote-unquote, Wino was Elliot Winston, but we also had Dr. Zachary was mm. a fake, I, but we never learned his real name. The fuzz cop quirk, that's Lieutenant Timothy Hanratty. I said, Irish hat glasses. <laughs> so, yeah, loads of quirks. Now, the cop chemistry okay this is what i wanted to talk about i thought in the beginning when he's sort of expressing that he's lonely you know i was sort of wondering if he wasn't i didn't get any chemistry between the two of them but i was wondering if he maybe wasn't sort of like saying you know i'm lonely you know do you want to hey you know i thought a little bit maybe he was trying to not yeah. ask her out but I mean, that's you happened know. to Jessica before, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Like when Frank's old army buddy or military buddy invites her to his ranch. and he, Yeah, and he's basically like, I want you to marry me. Like, yeah. I would like us to be a Is couple. Is that the Leslie Nielsen one? Mm-mm. No, he's a... I actually thought that guy was very handsome. I did that, too. That guy. He's the bad daughter-in-law, right? Or she's, she's like really yeah. kind of like psychics. Is that like the crystals thing? and stuff? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good episode. But you have to watch that one uh, after you watch The Last Flight of the Dixie Damsel. <laughs> <laughs> now that's what I want to watch next. I love that one. <laughs> I don't know it. It's so Glennis, um, next week your choices are the flight of the Dixie Damsel, I think is what she just said, or yeah. or the self-driving car. Oh, that feels like a loaded, loaded option. <laughs> I do think if we do the Dixie Damsel one, I because that's the one where it's like about Frank fought in um is it World War Two? Uh, is that right? It was Korea. Oh, Korea. Korea sorry. You know, I have an idea. What if we pose that same option to our fans on Facebook? So oh, you know, look out for do. an option to select which episode we're going to review. Okay, wait, let me write this down then. Someone write it down and email it to me. Yeah, I don't have a... I'll text it. <laughs> or, the, uh, and technically it's the last flight of the dixie the last flight of the dixie damsel so because they find the wreckage of the dixie damsel and that was the flight that, that oh, was they the find a body in frank there. flew yes yeah so they're reinvestigating it's a good episode i think you have to watch that one and then follow it the next week with the one that comes right after where she goes to visit the friend because that he is one of the crewmates on the Dixie Damsel. And I think those episodes, they're not like, it's not a, uh, it's not a two-parter, but it's sort of like a partnered episode. Anyways. Um, God, I've watched so much of this show. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, why do I remember all this? Okay. 
a businessy business. You guys, medicine is crazy. <laughs> I mean, we thought it was straightforward being a doctor, but it just like anyone gallbladders. Yeah, I like the one line where the nurse says, you know, and some people have insurance these days. And I thought, oh, that's a different time. When like all people, all people, <laughs> although not if you live in the UK and then you have the wonderful, wonderful NHS. So that's, but yeah, anyways. What did they do before insurance? I guess she just paid for stuff. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. Um, yeah, but medicine, like all businesses, as we discussed last week, cutthroat. Maybe literally. <laughs> okay. <that> corner. <laughs> <laughs> he needed his own skin up. Let's be real. Come on. The, the episode with... I mean, the episode, sorry, the part of the episode where they're talking about how he cut the inside of his vocal cords because of the pipe, they're discussing it. There's like other people on that elevator. And they must be like, what are those people talking about? Cutting right. his like, vocal cords. Um, okay, age ain't nothing but a number. Leon was 29 and Stephanie was 35. It's a little tiny bit of a gap there. Um, and Timothy was 66 and Grace was 53. Okay. So I think you could tell she was younger, though. I mean, she looked younger than him. Um, okay. Smooches. We didn't have any on the mouth, but Leon was all over Stephanie. And I think he goosed her bum at one point, which... Oh, for sure. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, familial ties, no. Eyes closed, head shake. I don't think so. I didn't remember that happening. It wasn't in an obvious way. I don't think she cared. I think no, she was she like, did. this guy's she awful. Did. Um, she did when she was talking to um, the blonde lady. The Grace. Grace. Yeah, when she was sort of feeling sorry for her. Yeah, yeah so she, she did. Yeah. She did go, she did close her eyes and shake, shake mm. her head a little bit. But it was in like, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 I agree. Okay, yeah. All right, here we go. Here we go. Fave outfits. Who wants to start this one off? Ashley? Yeah, sure. Fave outfit. I liked when she, when Jessica's undercover as Christina Chesterton and she had the royal blue and black outfit with um, Noodles the dog wearing a matching bow. Yep. Yep. Yes. Okay. Megan, that was your favorite too? Uh, that or the second Christina Chesterton because I really, I, the blouse I wasn't as crazy about, but I loved her tartan scarf. There's a lot of like, oh yeah, in this yeah. but yes, I and I love that she sort of was like, isn't this flouncy? At one point, you're like Jessica, it's no more flouncy than like anything else you'd normally wear. You're a very rich woman. Um, sorry, maybe go on. No, that that's it. Oh, <laughs> what was yours? Uh, yes, yeah, so I loved all the Chesterton outfits, but I also thought like aside from the like fancy schmancy one her maroon skirt suit at the beginning was super crisp I thought she looked amazing it was like yeah. a really great silhouette it was a pencil skirt really cinched at the waist with like a gold brooch and uh brooch whatever uh and <laughs> one or the other uh and she looked fantastic so I agree. That was also mine. I it had the double buttons also just oh, at yeah. the waistline. 
she just it was such a nice color on her too or whatever the fabric was it was a lovely pattern it what it just was like wow this is very well dressed you'd just be like that woman looks really pulled together um while she's examining a shoeless corpse okay um worst outfit i hate to say it ashley because you said you liked it mine was that horrible woolly cardigan yeah it was mine no not my words now. Oh, what's Ashley's? What's Ashley's? Oh, I'm excited. Here we go. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I went a bit off, off in another direction here. It's Shirley Knight's home is the worst. <laughs> the the, yeah. the pink walls. Yeah. And the pink were they like? Now? artwork it was, was ombre like it was like pink it was oh. it was it was too tough for me <laughs> that's my worst outfit. you know you don't often see a light pink paired with like a, a sort of light maroon carpet it's sort of a weird and also that's at some so points her ceiling looked so high yeah and i was like this is a weird like it, it looks like an uncomfortable place like you wouldn't want to sit in it yeah and it miss it was mismatched with her own style or her own being you know i would have picked something a bit more neutral or a bit more cozy this yeah like metals and then pink everywhere that just felt very uncomfortable and not soothing well, and but his apartment was just the opposite, I guess, and that looked normal to me. But you're yeah, right, hers was terrible. People would yeah. have these apartments in New York City that were like pretty big. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, uh, not as big as Rita, what's her name, from Broadway Malady. <laughs> oh, um, Rita Bristol. Bristol. Oh, it was a huge apartment. Her place was enormous. <laughs> <laughs> And she's so tiny, shuffling around in there. <laughs> yeah, making her coffee. <laughs> what is the, um, what do I know Shirley Knight from? What is her famous thing? Oh, God. I, I mean, was- you're, oh, this God. is not what she's most famous for, but she was in Grandma's Boy. She's also, yeah. that's obviously, <laughs> she's, but I love that movie, so... They did say she was in Paul Blart as well. And I kind of remember from that. But I was like, it must be something else, surely. Well, no, she was famous in the, I mean, in the 60s or 50s. I mean, she, yeah, I I mean. That's amazing. I feel like it was a Scorsese movie. Let me double check. I don't know. But she was in Grandma's Boy. Oh, and she's in two Law & Order SVUs. She's in Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> I've not seen that one. Good sequel. She was in. She had a ton of credits. I mean, she's only very recently passed. She only passed in April. So the rain people. <laughs> she just looks so one. familiar. I was like, I must know this woman. No, she, and she's staff. in another. Um, she's in another murder. She wrote. I think her big movie was a movie called Sweet Bird of Youth from 1962. Okay. But she's been I'll a, have a, she's in a million stuff. Things. Okay. A million stuff. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Next one. You guys ready? 
I think this might be an easy one unless Ashley throws us a curveball. Mm -hmm. Biggest hug. Uh, Dirk Benedict. I think he's so cute. Anyone who's been in the A-team, the TV show, not the movie, is going to be high in, in my book. But you know what? I thought the captain was pretty cute, too. Oh, yeah. He was okay. He's in... Um... Looking at his credits, he was in like Porky's too. And stuff like um, the weird thing with Dirk Benedict, though, is he, not only is he face from the A team, but I forgot about this. He's also Starbuck from the original Battlestar Galactica, yeah. who they re they redid Starbuck and made uh, made her a woman in the new series. Um, but it's funny because he always looks to me like a. Just a, he is a really handsome guy, but he always looks like an older, like he never looked like, he's like in his mid forties in this episode, but it's like, that's how I always think of him as like a 45 year old, really good looking guy. Yeah. I think that's safe. Yeah. (laughs) That's the look. Yeah. But he's, he's youthful looking. Yeah. Um, I thought the other guy in the original Battlestar Galactica was cuter, but they're both good looking guys. Well, fun fact, that guy that played Apollo in the original Battlestar, they brought back as uh, oh. Z- Tom Zarek in the new series, who's like, a, who's like a revolutionary guy. So he's in the prison ship of the on, like envoy that's behind. Yeah, I like that. That's awesome. It's great. And actually, he has a very... This is probably boring for people who've never watched it, but he has a very interesting arc he's not in like every episode or anything but he in he's come he sort of has this story arc where in the last sort of few episodes they really wrap up his stuff really nicely so yeah that was cool and guess what he looks great he looked great in that too so he has since very well who that guy yeah but is uh Dirk, Dirk benedict still alive, still alive. I, I didn't write down yeah. i mean i guess the original the second the like redone Battlestar Galactica it must be at least 10 years old by now. I mean, I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, JB Burns. Yeah. I'd only written down the rattlesnake line from Latimer. Did anybody else have anything? Someone said sleazy little gold mine. I can't remember who. Oh, well, one about, of the doctors about the doctors. Oh, right. Okay. I just liked how she said surgery. <laughs> <laughs> she was a rich lady. Sorry, but it's what oh, I no, said. Didn't have any others. No. Emergency. <laughs> what about you, Ashley? I didn't have any burn anymore. No. Okay. Here we go, guys. Okay. Favorite guest star. Dirk Benedict. I'm gonna go Shirley Knight. Okay. She did oh, a great job. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Those were the two I was waffling between. I'm gonna go with both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Dr. Zachary? <laughs> Just kidding. No, you know what it is? It's Dr. Zachary. You're right. <laughs> I actually liked uh, Stephanie and Leon too. Yeah. I thought those were sort of fun secondary characters. I thought they were pretty funny. Um, I even say Dirk Benedict as well. I really liked, I thought it was a really good secondary cast actually of like mm-hmm. the non Jessica. Um. All right, Glennis's guess. She is on fire, you I guys. I get it. This must be the second or third week in a row she got it right. It's 
seem too obvious because it was. <laughs> You've cracked the code, Glynis. <laughs> <laughs> I did. No one else really seemed that positive. I did have like a small thought that it was Grace. I was like, oh, she could be a evil. Ooh, that would have been dark. It would have been super dark. She's like, oh yeah, like how did you open the drawer? Like, oh my god. Oh my because god. They're so close. She would have had a key to his apartment, maybe. That would seem like really a letter in that ledge. Um, but that was a, a passing thought. He didn't really like her back. That's what the secret papers were about. Diary. Oh, She's dear. always here. <laughs> what are the papers, Elliot? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Here we go. Fade moment overall ranking. Let's do this. Unless anybody has anything else they want to add before we go on to this bit. All right, Megan, you can start if you want to. I, I think when she first shows up undercover as Christina Chesterton, I give this, I mean, it, it's a little confusing, but I, I'll give this an eight. I like this episode a lot. Glennis? Uh, Megan, your favorite moment. Oh, you said Chesterton. Oh, when she first shows up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to say the coroner. That just like blew my mind so completely. Like I hated it, but I also <laughs> like was so entertained. Just oh, a hard-boiled egg in <laughs> a coroner's. I, I yeah, anyways. Um, ranking. Uh, I mean, six point five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. On the Glynis scale, that's like I'm 100%. Kidding, I'll give it a one. <laughs> <laughs> get it, get it, get it. Ashley? Um, I, the coroner bit is probably my favorite. But if we can add Charlie Brown music to when she's walking through the park. <laughs> and the that's pretty good. That would be my, my top favorite. Um, and overall ranking, I would say an eight as well. I think, yeah, I think my favorite moment is when she's pretending to be Christina Chesterton for the first time. Um, that did make me laugh. It's just being so pushy. Um, and, I, you know, I would probably give this one, yeah, yeah, I'd give it an eight. I like this one. I'll watch it a bunch. I like this one. Um so that's quite another high one. We've, you know, the last few weeks we've been riding on some pretty good episodes. So you think we have a bad one coming? <sighs> so it's just, I, you know, I use it. Picking them. I don't think there are any bad ones, so I don't know why I said that. No, no, there's not. There's not really any bad ones. I guess there's just some that are maybe like less interesting, but it just, you know, it does. It depends. And by honestly, by the time you get to the later seasons, they all have something interesting to them. So anyways, um, but yeah, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And um, if you wanted to rate and review us and give us five stars, listen, we wouldn't say no. We'd get really excited about it. Um, and yeah, if you want to join us on the Facebook page, um, it's just Cabot coverage on there. 
and Cabot Coverage on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us on there and we normally just let you know when we're coming out with episodes and there's polls and stuff on Facebook. Um, and you can suggest episodes if you want to. So yeah, thank you very much for everybody that's been getting involved and we hope you'll listen again next week. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you. It's recording. Okay. Welcome to... Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> it's a dramatic intro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, it's because I got a tickle in my nose and I was trying to clear it before I... <laughs> <laughs>